you know, I grew up with country western music. My dad is from Montana, and uh, I would go up and spend time with him. My parents were divorced, but I spent a lot of time in Montana driving and listening to country western music. So it kind of brings me back a little bit. Um, so thanks. I love that country western music, especially gospel, Americana, Christian music. It is gets so much to the simplicity of the gospel and what it's really all about. Well, today is a one-off Sunday. Um, what I mean by that is we don't start a new series. We're not in the midst of a series. And next Sunday, uh, I will interview Carrie, as I said earlier. Uh, so we kind of have this one free Sunday. Um, and I thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about baptism because uh, over the next months, we are gonna baptize four children, and it's always good to know what baptism is about. So uh, I'd like to take this day to talk about baptism. Uh, I have two scriptures for today. The first one is Psalm 100, which is not printed in your bulletin, um, my fault, and then uh, Romans 14. So Psalm 100, shout for the joy to the Lord all the earth, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Now this is the key verse in here. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And then Romans 14, 7 and 8. For none of us lives to himself alone and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. God, I pray that you would speak to us uh, through really the mystery of your Holy Spirit today, that you would take the, these, the words of scripture and the meditations of my heart, and speak to us just the word we need to hear today. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So whenever I baptize someone, I always meet with them ahead of time, whether it's a child, like today, or an adult. And I go over uh, what baptism actually means. Um, so sometimes, not in this case, but sometimes I'll have a child, maybe four or five, six years old. And explaining what baptism is to them is not really easy. <laughs> I mean, I have a hard job, don't you think? <laughs> and like so much of faith, when we talk about baptism, we are really talking about a lot of mystery. We are talking about divine activity and what God is doing. Uh, you know, in the Presbyterian Church, where the church in which Don and I have been ordained, we call baptism or the sacraments, uh, outward signs of invisible grace, that God is doing something in us. It's not just a ceremony or a ritual or us just remembering. But we believe God is actually active in doing something in our lives. So what would you say to a five-year-old kid? trying to explain baptism. Well, it's good because you can't hide behind theological jargon, right? You have to kind of make sense. 
And so I gave it some thought one time, one the first time I was meeting with a four or five-year-old, and I, this is what I came up with him, to tell them. I said, you know, when we baptize, what that means is God is putting God's sign on you. God is saying to you, you belong to me. God chooses us. And I thought that could help them understand. And sometimes I would use the illustration of Toy Story, that great theological uh, movie. (laughs) You know, all of, so many of uh, the movies from Pixar have theological themes. And Toy Story definitely does. Remember the scene where uh, Andy, well, he throws Woody into the the toy toy pile, and it shows the bottom of uh, Woody's boot, and what does it say? Andy. In other words, Andy belongs, or Woody belongs to Andy. And so I would tell kids this, and they, I remember one kid one time said, oh yeah, I get it, when I make something at school, I put my name on it because it belongs to me, right? Or my basketball, I put my name on it. This basketball belongs to me. Baptism really, I think, means a lot of things, but it basically means when we are baptized, we belong to God. We are God's child. The beloved. Baptism, you know, it means many things, of course. It, it, it signifies the faithfulness of God, the forgiveness of sin, the, the entrance into the family of God, adoption into the family of God, rebirth, the washing away. This is why water is such a great symbol, right? The washing away of the old life and, and rising up to new life. In Christ. That's why I love baptizing in, in a river or a creek. You know, when I was in Chico, we had Big Chico Creek right behind our, chi- our church, and we would go down and baptize people in the creek. And it's beautiful symbolism because you drop them down into the river, and the water washes over and takes them down to the Sacramento River and into the bay. <laughs> But it's, it's this wash, you know, dying to the old life and in, in raising to the new life in Christ with the old washing away. I love that symbolism. So someday maybe we'll go on down to the river and baptize. So it means all these things, but I think really the essence of it and this is what I do with kids. I, have, I figure I have one concept to get across to them, right? It is that we belong to God. And I often tell them, nothing can change that. Once you're baptized, it is uh, God has written his name on you with um, permanent ink. It doesn't wash away. God does something, and we can't undo that. We are always his. Now, even if we decide we no longer want to belong to God, we belong to God. What does that mean? 
Well, like so many things in the Christian faith, we, we may understand the concept of belonging in our minds, but, wow, getting it here, you know, that two-foot or one-foot journey, it's not always easy to the heart, right? But allowing it to really permeate, penetrate into our hearts, wow, it really changes the way we live and, honestly, the way we die. It's the heart of the Christian faith. You know, our two passages today talk about this belonging, and it's a theme throughout Scripture. Psalm 100 says, we are like sheep. We are God's sheep. God is our shepherd. When a shepherd has sheep, those sheep belong to that shepherd. We are his. And then in Romans, Paul writes, it doesn't matter whether we live or die. We belong to God. And he says the same thing in chapter 8, this beautiful chapter, when he says nothing can separate us from the love of God. And belonging and, and being loved by God are just so, really, two sides of the same coin. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. This great passage. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation can separate us from the love of God. We belong to God. So we find this throughout Scripture. We also find it in one of the great confessions of the church. And I've mentioned this before. This is a really important confession to me. It's called the Heidelberg Catechism, a series of questions and answers. And they taught people the faith through asking a question and then giving the answer. And you would memorize it. And here's the first question. What is your only comfort? Your only comfort in both life and death. And here's the answer. That I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Our only comfort. This is a great theme, and it addresses our greatest need as human beings, is that we know we belong, that we know we are loved, no matter what. Belonging to God means we are loved, that we always have a place where we are loved, that we always belong, no matter what. We saw this in the parable that we looked at during Lent, the parable of the prodigal son. The son came home to where he belonged. You know, after telling his dad, I don't, you know, I got to get out of here, give me the money, I'm off, and then comes home. It's such a great picture. Really, remember, I said, this is the picture of the Christian life. When we come home and we are just hugged by God, and our Father tells us, uh, you are loved no matter what. 
come home. And he says, oh, my son who is lost is found. He has come home. Man, we often spend so much of our lives searching for that love in other places. This, this need that we have to be loved. We search for that love uh, in all the wrong places. And we also get the notion in our head that we are loved if, all the ifs, if we are intelligent, if we are good-looking, if we are wealthy, if we are successful, if we go to the right college, if we marry the right person, if we great, get the great job, all those things. We are loved if, in what baptism says, is you are loved. Period. Before all the ifs, you are loved. You know, when, I, when our kids were little, I would go into their, their rooms every night before I would go to bed, and I'd just look at them breathing. Their chest would lift or drop, lift and drop. And I would pray for them. And here would be my prayer. I would pray, just as I prayed for Quinn today, that they would know, oh, deep in their soul, deep, deep, that they are loved, that they belong, that they are never alone, that nothing can separate them from the love of Christ that they would know that they are loved before all the ifs that they may experience in life. And see, that's one of the beauties of infant baptism is this thing called prevenient grace that before Quinn can even know, understand at all, that there's a God that she is loved, she is loved. And that's why we baptize infants. Before they even know, grace comes to them. Before they can understand, grace comes to them. And God puts his seal on them. Provenient grace. So I would pray for them every night. Because I knew that the most important love they could experience was not my love or my wife's love. Because as hard as we would try in their lives, there would probably be some ifs, some conditions at some point, but with God's love, there is none. That they would know this amazing love. You know, my daughter, I think, got it at one point. I, I remember walking into her room in the morning one time and waking her up, and she was about five years old, and after some time, she kind of woke up and she looked at me and she said, Daddy, you know what? I just had a really happy dream. <laughs> I said, Allie, tell me about it. Allie's kind of known for her dreams in our family. She said, I dreamed that Jesus and God gave me a really big hug. Emphasis on big hug. 
Now, I thought a couple of things. First was, oh my gosh, I need to beef up this girl's Trinitarian theology. I mean, where was the Holy Spirit in this hug? <laughs> then I thought, now we got time for that. My second thought was, oh, this girl knows who she is already. She knows that she's a beloved child of God. She belongs to him. And she's loved. I said to her, wow, that is a really cool dream, Allie. And you know what? I think God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit will hug you all the days of your life and never let you go. You know, going back to this catechism, all, all the days of our lives, what is your only comfort in life? Our only comfort, really, that I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, the word comfort there, remember this is German, Heidelberg Catechism, it really means strength, courage. When we sing, a mighty fortress is our God, which is a German hymn, which is set to an old beer tune, you know. Oh, my. Martin Luther wrote those hymns so that people would know them. So next time you sing that, think about that. And What does it mean? Oh, it, man, it, it, so that could be translated, a mighty comfort is our God. Remember, a mighty fortress is our God. A mighty comfort. Courage. Help given to us in a difficult situation. It's a nevertheless statement. Regardless, nevertheless, whether you're down, whether you're weak, whether you're sad, nevertheless, take courage. Be strong. What is our only comfort? Help in difficult situations in life is that we belong to Christ, that we're never alone. In one of the church I served, we would always have Senior Sunday for our high school seniors, and I would always tell them, you know, remember, as you leave here, this family that loves you, and you're sitting in your dorm room, maybe, standing at the, the ceiling and wondering, oh, guy, I am so lonely. Who am I? Where am I going? Remember, your only comfort in life and death is that you belong and you're not alone. God is with you. You know, on Thursday, this last Thursday, I went to John Muir Medical Center to meet with two daughters whose mother was dying and was not expected to live very long. And I've done this a number of times, so I have kind of know what to do. So I said, well, listen, meet me in the lobby and bring me up to speed with what's going on because I want to know what am I walking into, right, in this room. And so we met in the lobby, and they told me what was going on with their mother, and 
that it looked like it was the end of her life and probably she would just go on comfort care and the rest. And so I said, okay, let's go up to the room. We got into ICU and I've been around death enough to know that absolutely the end was coming. So we gathered around and we prayed, held hands. Her mom, the mom was pretty much, you know, non-responsive as, long, as much as we could tell. And then, as I always do in these situations, I recited the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And here's the key line that I wanted them to hear and if somehow she could hear. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they what? Comfort me. They give me help. They give me courage. In life's most difficult situation, our biggest challenge, our own deaths, we belong in body and soul to Jesus Christ, our faithful Lord. This is what baptism is about, that we are never alone. Even through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. I belong to you. And nothing, nothing, nothing can separate me from that love. What does baptism say? It says, ah, we belong in life and in death to Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God, we thank you for this sacrament of baptism. And I've heard it said before that a sacrament is a hug of God. Lord, that you hold us, that we belong to you, that you never let go. Lord, may this bring us comfort, help, endurance, even joy, all the days of our life, and even in death. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.